Hello and welcome to episode 232 of the Waters Waveland podcast. I'm your host, Weishan, and as usual, actually not as usual since our dear Tony Malikian is away on holiday. So this week is actually going to be a treat for you guys. Today I have with me Annie Wu, senior conference producer who helps curate and bring together events for different brands under the InfraPro digital group. So like brands like Waters Technology and also our sibling publication, Risk.net and so on. Hey Annie, how are you? Hi Shen, I'm good. How are things are in Hong Kong? Because, you know, I'm in Malaysia right now, so I can't, I'm not there with you. <laughs> yeah, I miss you terribly. Um, everything here in Hong Kong is getting better, I would say. So we are all back to office. Um, but our firm is having some like flexible remote working um, schemes. So that I think that brings some flexibility to the employees. Clearly, since I'm far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, I, I, I thought it'd be interesting to get to you on the podcast this week, just to get a bit of your perspective, you know, on setting up virtual conferences slash events and how uh, AI matching engines play a part in the whole networking aspect of it. So, um, well, as, as you were well aware, uh, most, if not all of our physical events at the overall uh, InfraPro digital group, uh, you know, uh, had to be <laughs> cancelled yeah. and uh, brought on um, or ha had to be run virtually or digitally, mm -hmm. whichever word you prefer, virtually. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to start with, you know, how was the switch for you as in because you were, I mean, all this time in the couple of years that you've been with us, you know, you've been producing and planning for for physical events. Uh, you know, what was the major change for you uh, from for from planning a physical event versus a full virtual event and what were the main challenges that you had to face? Yeah, um, I think for me, um, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> for me, I, I, I will always miss the physical glue or the magic of connection when you walk into a conference room. So you will mm. see people shaking hands, chatting with each other like speakers making jokes on the stage even, and I miss <laughs> audience laughing and clapping, etc. Um, that's always the proudest moment, I would say, from this job. Um, but of course, um, there's always two sides in one coin. So for virtual, I got to invite people that I never thought I could have been. Um, so last year, I remember I got someone from Dubai. Um, he's the CTO and um, blockchain expert, used to work for Huawei. So I never thought I could get him. I, I went through so much trouble trying to get him to fly with us, like fly to Singapore. But at the end, I just got him connected over Zoom, which is amazing. Nice. Uh, yeah. So for me, the challenge uh, right now um, is how to get speakers connecting to the platform uh, seamlessly and not having major tech issues and how to get our audience engaged in different formats. Um, like after all, it can be quite, quite uh, like a one-way channel when the audience are just looking at the screen, listening to mm. the sessions. So the thing is how to make it like a two-way channel in which we can get people more interactive and to talk to each other more and making sure that the time they spend on their virtual event is worth the time that, uh, that they've taken out of their busy schedules. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I do miss like that whole live atmosphere of a live event. Yeah. <laughs> any, any live event. It doesn't, doesn't even have to be a conference, right? Yeah. Uh, but just like, I mean, because while well, you and I, we've done a few webinars together and sometimes I, I mean, I have made some stupid jokes, but like, <laughs> it's just the speakers <laughs> laughing, silent. but nobody, <laughs> nobody else is laughing, right? Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> But maybe that, that is worth it because I have made some stupid jokes like while on stage at a live event and nobody in the audience laughed. <laughs> <laughs> so I try not to make any okay. jokes, but sometimes it's like I can't help it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I do agree with you. The whole like networking aspect or seeing people kind of like gather together. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know whether we should say huddle up for a coffee or just say like, you know, hey, I have got like five minutes before the next session. Let's just catch up very briefly. Mm -hmm. um, I, I miss all that and like just meeting people face to face because, yeah. um, you know, a, a lot of conferences now, like virtual conferences, and obviously ours is not the only one that I attend, right? I, I, I attend like other ones that are organized by, let's say, uh, a SIFMA. Um, or uh, let's say the Singapore FinTech Festival, for example, and they do all have like a networking aspect to that. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel that it's not different and I, it, it feels very, uh, in, maybe in some way, a little forced. Mm. So I want to know what you think, like when it comes to facilitating networking for a virtual event, um, you know, what were the main issues uh, or concerns that you feed that you received from like speakers and attendees because obviously this this all all your experience on this is come from, coming from last year right yeah. um, and then you know using using an AI matching system <laughs> so called uh, to kind of like network I mean how is that different from uh, organizing a physical coffee drink session or a roundtable private room discussion at at a specific live event. Yeah, so um, I've actually did some survey with our AppBot members and speakers recently in terms of like a networking aspect for our virtual conferences, how they feel about it. So I've got two major feedback that echoes um, a lot from the AppBot members. Uh, one is about time commitment. So they're saying like for last year, we um, firms spent so much time and efforts trying to get people to work from home and like get all the systems running seamlessly and now like everything working from home is like a norm and people get uh, tend to get easier um, for working <laughs> in terms of working from home um, but for those locations like Hong Kong where we are lucky enough to go back to office um, it's also difficult because it creates another challenge to that you can't get distracted in virtual conferences, right? Because you, you've got colleagues talking to you all of a sudden, and sometimes you will be jumping in and out from your uh, virtual meetings. So it's, um, people are saying that they find it really difficult to commit a certain, say, one hour of the day just to network with uh, some virtual uh, peers virtually, I would say. So another feedback that I got is like, virtual networking is not exactly the same as physical because mm -hmm. last year we got, got those like coffee meetings and also we also got drinks. I remember like pre-event drinks. Um, virtual feels really different because sometimes even if- There are no drinks involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even if you got some water 
fireside. <laughs> They're different, right? You and, need alcohol to talk, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's sort of losing up people. But if you just assign one hour of your day to a virtual com- uh, virtual networking uh, session, and even if you're connected on Zoom, some people may doubt in using their mobiles, which make them difficult to turn on their camera and you sort like you are speaking to a name. It feels yeah. like that. So um, I think that is creating some challenges for virtual networking. Um, but having said that, we do have this AI matching system that you just mentioned about um, for our events last year. Um, the main takeaways that I got is that um, those those AI matching engines are sort of helping you to filter your information before it reaches you. So by the time that you log in, you'll be asked about your interests, your uh, main challenges that you're seeing in the next 12 months, and then the system will will match you up with people sharing the same interests or sharing the same challenges so that um, you'll be easier to connect with people who um, are more, say, like-minded or um, that, that, that those that you will be really hoping to talk to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's always pros and cons for our AI matching engines, I would say. Does it feel like uh, it's very similar to online dating? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I want to say too. It, it feels a bit like that because for that system, I remember one of the amazing function is that um, you can show interest. For example, I can show interest to you and but you, you were just gonna see me under um, the list of people who show interest to you. So unless you show interest back to me, we can't be connected or um, schedule like virtual meetings and stuff. Which <laughs> it does feel like a, a dating app, but in the context of business, of course. Yeah, I, I remember because uh, in our last event, actually, I, I tried to connect with a few people that I've never met before. And yeah. <laughs> so, on their end, it, it showed like, oh, Wei Shen Wong from What is Technology shows interest in you. Yeah. Like, to, I don't know how many profiles, okay? Um, <laughs> I only got a, a reply from one person. Only one person showed interest back at me. Yeah, it's really difficult, I would say. <laughs> it made me question my self-worth. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it, it is tough because I, it has improved though, actually. So like, I, I still remember, I think, uh, yeah, we actually did one, uh, we pulled off and, and, and heads off to you, you know, for pulling off a three week virtual event last year. That was the Waters Technology Innovation Exchange. Uh, this year we have kind of broken it up into uh, technology, data, and then um, is it people at the um, end? Business strategy. Yeah, business strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so I see that the, the platform that we're using is different. I remember last year, uh, I think we were using Brella and I don't think the filtering system for like networking or like the people that you want to meet was very, um, was very uh, sophisticated, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I would see a lot of repeats. Um, uh, yeah, like that. And even on other on other conference, uh, so-called networking, networking uh, engines, uh, some of them don't does they don't even have like any filtering. So like I have, I can see all the attendees there. Uh, obviously, yeah. those who wish to be found. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and and then I have to comb through one by one. And usually they go like 
alphabetically, right? Either alphabetically by company or alphabetically by their name. And then it's like, oh, do I want to meet this person or am I interested in this? But the latest one that we used, um, I have to say it was quite uh, quite quite nice. Yeah. Uh, it nice. actually showed yeah, it's it's just a it's it's just that, yeah, no no one showed interest in me. <laughs> I mean, like, who who wouldn't want to? Uh, I yeah. I don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah. Okay. So, in your opinion, actually, I mean, and I know that you've actually been running a survey on on LinkedIn for this. Um, you know, um, how uh, I I don't know. Maybe it's too early to say, but. Um, I know you've been asking people whether they are ready to go back to uh, live events or yeah. whether they want to have like a hybrid option. I mean, so far, I mean, are there any results that you can share with us? Yeah, definitely. Um, so from the results, I'm really ga- uh, glad about the results, actually. So we did a survey asking um, mainly uh, speakers and airport members and audience from three locations, which are Hong Kong, Singapore and Australia asking if they would be comfortable to attend physical conferences and whether their firms would be allowing them to do so. Um, with the results is uh, over 60% of the people that we talked to expressed that they really missed the physical conference. <laughs> um, and I think there's uh, some firms that they do have, um, especially like tier one global banks, um, they, will, they just have the um, restrictions uh, perhaps purpose per se, um, that for employees, they will need to give a strong reason why that meeting is necessary or it's definitely meeting all the re- local regulations. So mm. that is, that creates some, that is sort of an encouragement for us to be, to be honest. Um, we are really happy to see that result, but we are also trying to solve those considerations like vaccines, venues and size of the event, etc. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a tough one, especially if it's like even though even though restrictions may be lifted in certain jurisdictions, but still whether the company policy actually whether the company actually has a policy saying like uh yeah, what is the how important is this event for you to attend and yeah. like why and how is it justified? And then that kind of like goes into into the attendees, um, you know, a list of considerations, right? And things extra things for them to do, which well wouldn't mm. be too great, right? Yeah. Mm. That is still some risk for the companies. So we do we, we do risk management for our risk on that magazine. So we understand this is also a big thing for the firms. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but for you personally, would are you comfortable? Would you be comfortable with attending a, a, a live event now? Or like what uh, what measures do you would would need to be put in place for you to be comfortable attending a live event? Yeah, for me personally, I'm always comfortable. To be honest, I really miss like <laughs> meeting people. And I just talked to the colleague the other day, and I can safely say on behalf of them that everybody missed the interaction. And they're saying, oh, I'm facing you every day in office, but I wanted to meet different people. No offense. And <laughs> I feel like that's a really interesting comment because um, People try to, people would still like to get connected in any ways, I would say. And if you're like attending a physical conference in the hotel room, 
you got to talk to people and you can still talk to people like eating while you're eating bagel, you're drinking your coffee. Um, it's still quite a magical thing. Um, it used to feel very normal, but it's mm. now, yeah, sadly. <laughs> magical. That's an interesting way to describe it. Well, I, I mean, there's always value. I mean, there's always value in meeting someone face to face uh, in in person. You know, uh, a lot of times people meet face to face online now. Um, yeah. and, and you're right. Earlier, you mentioned like some people don't even want to put their cameras on. Well, for me personally, I as a journalist, I I know that there is value in that face to face connection. Like at least you know what I look like, even though that that does not. Uh, that does not mean that I want any biases against me or, or whatever, but um, there's value in maybe seeing uh, my expressions, the expressions mm -hmm. that I, I give you, you know, and how I react to what you say. Yeah. But then when, when you have like, uh, when you have a call and you're like, my video is on, but that person joins and he's like talking, basically looking at me, but his camera's yeah. not on, his or her camera is not on. And I'm like... Should, should I should I turn mine off or or <laughs> should I leave it? I I don't know, and yeah. and there have been times where I have actually just left it, and oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have no idea whether they were dialing in whether they were dialing in from their phones or their laptops. I have no idea, right? Yeah. Whether they could actually see me, but like my video was just on, so that's mm -hmm. how I uh well that's that's how I prefer to do things anyway, but okay, yeah. well I mean for the near foreseeable future anyway i think mm -hmm. virtual virtual events are still going to be here to stay for at least a little while more um yeah. if not if not a little longer but you know in, in your opinion what features would you like to see for you know networking matching providers that would actually help that networking take place or like to facilitate it better because yeah. as you said like i can show interest if you don't show interest to me then there's no connection which is really sad, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I would I would really hope for more social elements. Um, I'm not sure whether it would be too difficult, but what I'm thinking, um, like uh, just saying out loud, would be something like LinkedIn. So you can actually share a post, or you can write a post, and people can like, comment, and share um, as they wish. Um, that would be really interesting, I would say. Um, and then that will allow us to build a stronger community. Um, perhaps we can build a platform for our tech and data community and the platform will be open all year round and we can just randomly adding in contents, uh, sessions, webinars, white papers, surveys, those sort of um, content to the platform and people will be able to um, share more um, how they feel like about say, what are the next tech advancement that you are seeing. So I, I would say that would be a really interesting question. Hmm. Not sure how difficult it would be though. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you could actually just hook up LinkedIn and I mean, a lot of conferences actually allow you to put your LinkedIn, have your LinkedIn profile in the, uh, well, on the events um, profile, your profile right. on the events page, right? right. Um, I don't know if they can, if it's that, if it's seamlessly linked <laughs> to LinkedIn. Um, yeah. I'm not too sure about that. Um, I'm guessing in the next few months, we'll probably see more advancements there. Mm -hmm. But Sorry. yeah, I mean, if, if you had a crystal ball, um, 
<laughs> what would you what would you see like events events would look like in the few in the near future? Like, do you think it's it is quite possible that we'll return to full physical events, or do you think it's more of like a a hybrid kind of stage, or do you think we're still at the full virtual kind of a uh, yeah? Yeah, I think um, I agree with you. Virtual is here to stay. So I, no matter how far, I would say maybe, maybe just to be safe in the next five years, I think virtual is still going to be main, um, one of the elements for our events. But um, for the next stage, um, uh, from the research that I, we got, um, we feel like it's more linking to uh, hybrid. So. In terms of hybrid, we are thinking to um, engage with a say, smaller group of audience in more interactive roundtables or local physical events. And um, while the content will be also uploaded to uh, virtual, so it can be reaching to a wider group of audience. And so, but we are still thinking physical conference is um, perhaps um, a little bit too early for this year per se. Mm. Um, maybe we'll start by doing smaller scale of uh, roundtables uh, first to just see if people are comfortable um, to attend. And the important thing is we are still um, we are talking the other day and we are saying people are still wearing masks. Will they yeah. be actually uh, willing to speak to people or they are just wanting to attend sitting down for uh, some sessions? This is something that we would like to test it out and we will see. Do you, do you mean whether they are willing to participate and like speak like or just be at the event and not say anything as in just as a spectator? Do you mean that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are just worried that they will be um, still um, more comfortable to, uh, to sit down to listen to the sessions, but not actively engage into networking or talking to our sponsors mm. are talking to their peers. Mm, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, wow, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. I think. I think I. I agree with you that. Uh, in the near future, we'll probably see like a more. Maybe this year to. Uh, next year we'll see more of like a hybrid, hybrid conferences uh, taking place. I think a few of them have, are starting to do so. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Well, since you're here, why don't you tell our audience about our next event? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for giving me that chance. Um, our next <laughs> event is focused on data. It's going to be from May 17 to 20th, and we got lots of interesting topics again, like data analytics, cloud migration, data security, and um, everything you can imagine about data. So um, audience, please. Uh, Feel free to register and check it out for our Data Insight Conference. And we got one last conference, uh, Innovation Exchange, uh, for this year. It's going to be in September, and it will be about business strategies. And um, and we also got we'll, we'll have some DNI topics in there as well. So check out that one too. Counting <laughs> on you. <laughs> I will. I'll be sure to include the links uh, in in the in the post that we we, we put this up on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's very nice to have you on the podcast. Welcome for the first time, and I'm pretty sure this is not going to be the last time. I'm going to pick on you every now and then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. So thank you very much, Annie, for coming on and taking time off your day to uh, speak with me. No worries. Thank you, Asian, for inviting me. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye.